and you super glue it back into place and it takes about a year to heal back together. Yes, that's what I've been told, yes. And me and my boss, we looked at each other for about 30 seconds and just shook our heads and just said, no way, no way are we going to do that. <laughs> my name is Julian Earl. I'm more than just a vet. Hello, you are listening to More Than Just a Vet, a podcast where we explore the lives of veterinary professionals. I want to know what's behind the surgical mass of the people who help our animals. My name is Francisco Gomez. Welcome to my show. How are you? You all right? Yeah, not so bad, thank you, yeah. So, first of all, I read your, your introduction. Uh, you said that you, you wanted to be a vet because, you know, you always had um, Labrador, isn't it? Labrador, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, dogs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can you tell me a little bit about, uh, first was Jet, right? Jet, yes. He was an Irish wolfhound cross Labrador, so he was a very uh -huh. big dog. Um, and when he when he stood on his back legs, he was taller than my dad. He was taller than six feet tall, so. Oh, all right, yeah. all right. But he, he, he was very friendly and docile. That's what I say, my yeah. sister and I could ride on his back. Yeah. <laughs> used to put a sort of towel on his back and then we used to just sit on his back and ride around the garden. And he never complained yeah. at all. It's oh, marvelous, wow. yeah. Mm. Yes, and um, what year were you when when you when you lost him? I was, uh, let's see, I was eleven years old, and so he died, and he's died when he was twelve and a half, which is quite good for a wolfhound, really, of course. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, and and then uh, if you carry on the next one, you have was was it honey? Then then we got uh, a, a yellow Labrador, yes. Yes. And I can still remember driving home with this tiny little puppy in my 11-year-old hands. Yeah. Oh, you had Honey since uh, Honey was little? Oh, yes. And we got her when she was, what, six or seven weeks old. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. So if that was at your 11, that's pretty much all your young yes, yeah. life. Yeah, uh, she lived till she was seven. Yeah. And is that when um, uh, you started to go to see... Uh, veterinary practice to help out in no, was well, it in Leeds? I, I actually started yes it was in Leeds yeah when I was uh, 13 I uh, yes. I'd already wanted to be a vet so I just decided to try and get a job there so I asked the vet if I could work at weekends so first of all I went in for an hour on Sunday mornings uh-huh and that was you know for nothing I was for free I was just I was just yeah. get the experience and then after a couple of years I started working the Saturday instead uh-huh and then in between university and or school and university, I spent a, a, a year there doing full time. You know, yes. You know, eight till seven or whatever it was. I think I got fifteen pounds a week at the time, which was quite decent when I was only that age. Yeah. I guess it was like a progression. What What did you do to start with? I'm guessing at the beginning was more observing, or were you doing like? Oh yes, observing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and and hand, holding the dogs and cats still for. For the vet to deal with them, so I learned yes. an awful lot about handling the animals, and you know, working there all those years, it is yes. absolutely true. I learned things there that I literally used every day of my career, you know, just learning how to observe animals' behaviour, and whether they're, you know, nervous or aggressive or friendly or whatever. I think that's incredibly important. Yeah, and most memorable is I learned how to give a cat a tablet. Okay. Which we weren't taught at university, but the yeah. vet in Leeds showed me, and I uh -huh. uh, and I used to show that again literally every day, and it never failed apart from once. 
I, I work full time as well, and then uh -huh. sometimes people come and, and see practice. Youngsters come to see yes. practice with us, and uh, um, sometimes on Fridays I tend to tell them, "Are you coming tomorrow?" Because usually there is less people on Saturday, yes. and you always need this extra hand to just to hold an animal, just to take a blood sample or yes. or, or something like yes. that. Very rarely I manage to take a blood sample of my own. I have uh -huh. done it, but you almost always need someone to hold. The, yes. the pet unless it's very cooperative yes. and, and 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 very often the, the the young people say say to me oh no i got plans for tomorrow and thought ah, i just need this yeah. pair of hands yeah. to help me out and i think i think yeah. it helps them yeah. too yeah. you know well, that's, a, that's a good point i learned a simple thing like how to raise a vein properly yeah, you know, on, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. On, the, on the front leg yeah so so yes. then i could tell other people how i wanted them to do it and so on Absolutely. Yeah. We, we don't think about these things yeah. until you see someone who hasn't done it before and thinking, oh, I, I, this is just automatic. Yes. It's not. It's not, of yes. course. Yes. Um, so so that, that was that was you uh, in Leeds. Um, and then by the time um, you went to university, you were still at the same practice. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah I left it there in 1975 to go to university in 1976. Yeah. Uh huh. So, yeah. And and that's that's by that time you you had Casper is that all right? That's yeah. right. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had the next talk. Oh. Yes. Yeah. I usually say to people, don't get me talking about Casper because I can talk all day about him. I just love that dog so much. I, you know, I would I would have risked my life to save him, and he would have done for oh. me. You know, just yes. to this day, I can still yeah. remember the feel of his body and his fur under my hands. You know, and yes. Just, which yeah. which university did you go to? Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. So, uh, is there another one? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just managed. To, I just wondered in my yes. head because yeah. when when I went to university, it was a couple of hours from home, so yeah. I, I didn't commute. So what yeah. I did was being there for five days and then come back and see oh, yeah. my my family in the weekend. I don't know how did you do that. No, I mean, well, Liverpool's only two hours from Leeds, but you can't commute. No. So you 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 have to to go there and then then come back and spend several weeks there, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Stayed in the hall of residence. Yeah. But within ten minutes of getting there, I met this chap called Alan, uh -huh. and we we bonded immediately. And to this day, he's still my best friend. Yeah. You know? Oh wow. Okay. Even now, you know, yes. all these years later, yeah. yeah. It's funny. So say so, you know from from those first ten minutes, we've been old friends. Since those yes. first few minutes, you know. Hmm. So sometimes you just connect with some people. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes yeah. Yes, yeah, I was um, on the same wavelength. Yes. Yes, I had. Um, I have friends. The the life friends that they the ones I spend university with as well. Same yeah. thing here. Yeah, yeah. So when I asked you and um, in your email, you said why why did you become a vet? And then you said, well, it's because because love, no, because you love animals, which yes. It's simple enough, but it's not that simple because no, no. you have to be in a certain way to to have the the vocation in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. I think because it was the the only job I really knew that I saw of yeah. people working with animals. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I don't come from a farming background, so I had no desire to be a farmer. And uh, if I thought if I thought I wasn't going to get into uh, veterinary course i was going to apply for a zoology degree because i thought that might be interesting as well but yes in the end i didn't need it yeah and in, because at my 
when I was doing my A-levels, my physics teacher, a certain Mr Bunyan in Leeds, told me that uh, I wasn't good enough to be a vet. I wouldn't make it. So uh, so then in two, after my accident in 2017, I think it was, the Royal College awarded me the status of being an advanced veterinary practitioner. Yes. First of all, I thought, oh, thank you very much, Royal College. And followed by, so what do you think of that, Mr. Bunyan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he'll 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 be long gone now, long retired, everything. I found that as um as a vet now, been doing this job for several years, and then yeah. having to talk to the uh, younger uh, graduates sometimes, mm. I, I I feel it's not a very good thing to tell them you're not very good at this. Oh no. Because you could say you're not very good at this yet. Which is different. Yes, yes, that's a crucial word. Yes. Yes, I was told yes. when in my first job that was in Spain a long time ago. Oh, you're not very good with your hands. Learning, trying to learn surgery, and that 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 was heavy on me. Uh, I thought, yeah. well, if you tell me I'm not very good at surgery, wh what does it mean when you are like 26, 27? Yeah. Thinking, is it that should I forget about surgery? Oh yeah. You yeah. see, and then I I realized that that was just not very well-worded opinion yes. yeah. uh, or advice, I think, yeah. at the time. Um, so, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't think uh, you're not going to make it. It's not very good. Since my accident, I think from a TV programme, I came across the Latin phrase, nil desperandum. OK, I need to pause the episode here for a second. Julian will be referring to his accident. It means an event that took place in 2012, where he fell off his bike. He suffered multiple injuries, including brain hemorrhages, and was put on an induced coma. Julian is still cycle, but he is now a paracyclist, and a very good one, I might say. Okay, let's go back to the episode. Neil Desperandum. Which means never despair. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, that's become my motto, motto for me after my accident. But also, yes. I think it applies to me when I was 17, 18, and when Mr. Bunyan yeah. said that, I wasn't going to despair. <laughs> Yes. I'm, just going, I'm just going to ignore him and carry on. And, and yeah, here absolutely. I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me just uh, bring uh, move things um, a bit forward. I have asked you about um, what do you prefer of being a vet, and, and there, is, there is one question that I probably haven't asked you yet. What do you struggle the most? What do you use to struggle the most? And, and you said something about night, right? Nobody enjoys the night duties, surely. I don't know. There's some some people wants to do them. At mm. least they, that's what they told me. I don't know if yeah. they are being truthful with me. They can be satisfying depending on the job, but obviously they can be very tiring as well and draining. I, um, do you remember any specific bad night? Oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, I've had calls and I've been up all night. Not yes. not you know not necessarily doing one job. You know, yes. getting just one. Long call, say in an evening, yeah. and after midnight, the phone goes again and you're out again. And I think this is more likely when you work in mixed practice. I'm afraid. Yeah. Doing cesareans on a on a dog. Yeah. Can be you know, hard work, you know, because it can take a long time and in an evening. And then when the phone goes at one o'clock in the morning, and then you got another, and it's a cow cesarean. You know, yeah. You feel fairly shattered the following morning. Yes. Yes. And then you do you do wonder why you chose this job, yeah. 
<laughs> you, 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 um, you question yourself when that happens, don't you? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I, uh, I haven't done many nights, but when, when I used to do them, oh. um, I, I remember clearly a day um, uh, doing for an out-of-hours service in Doncaster. Uh, and then it was one of those shifts that you could apply for. And it, it was well paid and nobody was wanted to do that shift. And I thought, well, you know, it's well paid. I'll, I'll do it. it was a, uh. I don't remember how much it was, but I thought, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll do I don't understand why these people don't want to do this shift. So I'll, it was at the end of the, uh, October. So I was doing the shift and it, it wasn't very busy, but sometimes when it's not busy, it's very long. Yeah. Um, and and then in the middle of the shift, you start to think, at, at least this happened to me, you start to have a bit of stomach ache, like thinking, oh, uh, it's just because it messes with your circadian yeah. uh, rhythm, your, your, your feeling of yes. day, day and night. Uh, and then it clicked. The clocks were changing. Oh. I was doing an extra hour for free. <laughs> <laughs> that's why nobody wanted to do the job uh, <laughs> because it was the longest night of the year <laughs> and um yeah. but, well you know that's that's one of yeah. the, the ones i remember <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i've had calls when i worked from you know, 11 o'clock at night until 11 the following morning yeah, you know non-stop so, yeah. you know so and those yeah. are fairly difficult yeah yeah um i um I asked you about um, an interesting case and one of the, the things you told me, you told me several ones, uh, but once they were, one of the ones you, um, you you said was about a, a boa constrictor. Oh, yes. Yes. You, you, you want to, 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 tell, to tell me a little bit about mm. it? Yes. Oh, a chap, uh, a man, he brought this um, boa constrictor in and he thought it was constipated because it was swollen halfway yes. along. Yes. Uh, obviously, he didn't know what to do. So, uh, um, me and my boss, we, uh, we we had a look at this snake, and I mean, I said you can't really feel anything inside. Uh-huh. So we we managed. He grabbed one end, and I grabbed the other. We managed to pull it out straight, and measured it at just under three meters. So wow. about nine, and these things are so strong, because being constricted, they're just solid muscle. Yes. And we managed to measure it as three meters, and when we did that, we then managed to get it X-rayed as well, where the swelling was. Wow. And um, and it wasn't constipation; it was a pregnancy. Wow! That the chap didn't know, but how he didn't know about it, I don't know. But yeah, so we just gave it some oxytocin, and he, yeah. he telephoned us the following day to say that yeah, the snake had produced five baby boas the following day. Wow! Oh, so yeah, that'll do, sir. So. Uh, these are the ones that keep the eggs inside, and then they the eggs they 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 leave the babies inside as well, don't they? Yes. They look like a pregnancy. Yes. Yeah. And so then about a month or about a month or six weeks later, another chap brought a, a tortoise in. Yes. It was age 40 years old. And uh, it was losing weight. Yes. And so I mean, we thought, oh, this can be a serious sign in a tortoise, so we can't you can't examine it very well because you can't with the shell you can't palpate it inside or anything. So yeah. we thought, oh I know we'll do what we did with the snake, we'll x-ray it. Of course they're easy to x-ray, you just Put them on the on top of the plate on the X-ray table, and they yes. don't move very much. You just press the button, and there you go. You got the X-ray. So we did that, and this tortoise had five eggs inside, and we could tell because the eggs they weren't smooth. They're all they're all knobbly. Yeah, but they weren't fresh eggs. Yeah. So my boss he rang 
a chap in London. I think he were, he's associated with London Zoo. And I forget his name now, but he's got a double-barrel name. He's well-known reptile expert. Uh-huh. Might be well-known, but I've still forgotten his name. But anyway, he, um, he said, what you do is you can do a cesarean on the tortoise. You turn it on its back and you cut the plastron underneath three sides of a square. Then you, you fold it open like a car bonnet. You yes. go and you, you obviously you remove the eggs, and while you while you're at it, you remove the ovaries and the uterus to stop it happening again. Uh huh. If you're new to it, and then you fold the shell back down, and you super glue it back into place. Yes, that's what I've been told. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it takes about a year to heal back together. I see. And me and my boss, we looked at each other for about thirty seconds. We just shook our heads and just said, "No way, no way, we're going to do that." <laughs> And then we remember the boa constrictor, of course. Yes. And we gave this snake, this sorry, this tortoise about half a mil of oxytocin. Yes. And without exaggeration, without, within five minutes, within a few minutes anyway, these five eggs were all in the basket with the tortoise. Just like that, they popped out one after the other. Wow. And what I, what I regret is that we didn't ring that black bloke back in London to say, yes. no, you don't need to do a cesarean. You can just give oxytocin and, <laughs> and, and then they come out. Somewhere here, I've still got one of those eggs. I've kept one of these eggs. Oh, wow. And that was 35 years ago, so, yeah. Wow. I thought, wow. oh, I've got to keep this here. So it's in a little box wrapped up in cotton wool, yeah. Yes, yeah, so to remind you of the story. Yes, because if that one breaks, I'll never get another one, will I? So, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about the, the boa constrictor. How did you manage it? If it was three metres long, how did you manage to do the x-ray? Um, well, we just... Obviously, just stretched it out straight and put the swollen bit on top, just directly on top of the plate. Aha. Uh-huh. And then, and then to do that. Yeah, we put we were all gowned up in our lead gowns and lead gloves and everything. Yeah. And then one of us just pressed the button, so it probably wasn't very good for health and safety. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't anesthetize it or anything. We just uh, yeah held it still, and that was enough. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I'm guessing back then there was a bit less um, pressure on health and safety for um, yeah, probably uh, yes. yeah. radiation and things like that. Not like nowadays, you've yeah. you got to be covered on everything or better yet, don't get into the room, yeah. just don't do it. Yes, yeah. uh, which sometimes is a struggle because, you know, sometimes yeah, people yes, say, yeah. well, can we take an x-ray? Uh, can I be with a, with, yeah. a, with a pet in the x-ray? Mm. No, you can't. I, I can't even do it myself. Um, but you know, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. The other, the other tortoise that I have to tell you about my favourite yes. tortoise story. This la- lady brought this tortoise in. Again, it was just off its food, and um, I can't remember what was wrong with it now. But we, you know, we, I don't, I can't. Remember, we might have X-rayed that one as well. But um, anyway, when 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 the lady went to pay her bill, she opened the yes. purse and got out this piece of paper and showed us this piece of paper. And on this piece of paper, it said Covent Garden at the top. Covent yeah, that's Garden. Covent Garden is a market in London. Uh-huh. And it said five shillings, which is like 25p nowadays. Yes. And it was had a date on it of 1896. Oh, wow. And she said her grandmother bought this tortoise for five shillings in Covent Garden in 1896. That was a birth certificate. Yeah, so it's effectively a birth certificate, yeah. So this, wow. this tortoise was, what, 96 years old, yeah. So it was 1991, wow. yeah. Yes. I took wow. that as a birth certificate, yeah. So that is the oldest pet I've ever seen, yes. With, with <laughs> proof as well. With proof as well, yeah. Or yes. as, as, near, as near as proof as you'll ever get, yes. 
Hi, we are halfway the episode and I want to take this opportunity to let you know about all the ways you can use to interact with the show. First of all, you can find more than just a bet in more of the major social media outlets, including Facebook Meta, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. But more than just a bet has its own website where you can send comments, reviews or even ask about advertising opportunities. Visit morethanjustabet.net forward slash contact to find out more, forward slash sponsors to see who helps me keep the show going, or if you just want to support the show, go directly to morethanjustabet.net forward slash donate. The website has also his own episode players and show notes about the interviewees, including bits that they're not always in the recording. So there is a lot more and a lot to see in the website morethanjustabet.net. Okay. Let's go back. Now we're talking about stories. I'm going to have to ask you about the cow because you even have a book now that is titled <laughs> Cows in the Tree. I didn't know you actually have published a book. You have published more than one, I guess. Yes. Cows in Trees was the first, yes. Yes. Yeah. How many bo- books have you published? Two. Because the second one is the dog with the head transplant. Okay. To find out about the cow in the tree, I'm afraid you'll have to read the book. Okay. Okay. I can tell you. I can tell you about the dog with the head transplant. Okay. Because this was when I worked when I worked up in Lancashire. I uh, I I spayed uh, a young man's bitch, Uh and when he brought the the dog back or the bitch back to have the stitches removed after ten days, he saw one of the the two my two bosses, Brian. And uh, this chap, he complained to Brian. He said, the dog doesn't look, the bitch doesn't look the same anymore. When I'd spayed this bitch, this dog, I'd swap the dog's head for another one. <laughs> so rather, so Brian, um, with, with, um, with great, you know, great sort of, he kept, you know, with Sense a perfectly straight face. Yeah. Yes. He didn't, he didn't throw the chap out and tell him to get lost. <laughs> he, he he kept a straight face and he said oh well i'll tell you what if you're still not happy in a month's time we'll swap it back <laughs> but, that is just brilliant but luckily the luckily the chap was happy so he didn't ask to have it swapped back but he obviously never <laughs> even thought about how ridiculous it was you know he just yeah. he just thought that what the vet yeah. said was what he had done yes, yeah like, yeah, changing the but, head. But I called. I'll put this because when I sent cows and trees to one of my bosses up in Lancashire, yes. a chap called David Greenhalge, and he was my second boss after qualifying. And uh, I sent it as a thank you to David for being such a kind and supportive boss when I was yes. a newly qualified, you know, graduate. Yes. My very first boss was horrible, and uh-huh. uh, David was completely different. Yes. He always gave me lots of support and help. And he is now, after my accident, he's been very kind and supportive. Even though I left his employment 30 years ago, yes. he still keeps in touch to make sure I'm okay. Anyway, right. so I sent a copy to David, say thank you. And after a week or two, David telephoned me to say thank you very much. He'd enjoyed the book. He'd laughed a lot. Just what I wanted to hear. But then he added, oh, Julian, you forgot this story. Oh, no. Oh. And it reminded me of this case with the dog with a head transplant. So I immediately had to start trying to remember other stories that I left yes. out. And I started writing the second book, and that, that's the result. Oh, wow. So that's so 
both your books are full of your stories. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So the stories you told me, some of them will be in the book as well, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. But, but note that the first one, Cows in Trees, is plural. Yes. yes. Cows <laughs> in trees, more than one, yeah. Because about six months after I moved to Lincolnshire here, the yes. local paper had yes. a story, a little clip saying the fire, the Lincoln Fire Brigade had been called out to rescue a cow up a tree. Yes. And when I read that, I thought, oh, no, they've, they've stolen my story. No, but <laughs> something else had happened with theirs, yeah. So, so um, having cows up trees is, is actually more frequent than we may think. So it seems, yeah. And for some reason, I wasn't taught about this at university. No, me neither. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, okay, that's, that's brilliant. I got, I got just one more to ask you about because it's the one you sent me an email, and it's the tarantula oh. with a broken leg. Oh yes. How was that? Well, it just had half a leg broken off, and you know they have this, they have the, It's not exactly blood, is it? But they have this fluid inside that's like this sticky grey resin. Yes. And if they lose lose a lot of that, they can effectively. It's like bleeding to death. It's very dangerous. Yeah. Yes. So I don't, I don't know what happened to the snake when it had this leg and there was all this fluid coming out. So we had to find a way of patching up this leg to stop it losing this fluid. Yes. Yeah. And did, it, did it survive? I think it survived, yes, yeah. But it was a very oh, big, it was about 20 centimetres across. It was a very big tarantula. And I, and I openly confess I don't like spiders, so I wasn't very keen on that patient. Yes, I, oh. I, I do find them a little bit... Um, Difficult as well. Yes. I don't want to say scary. No, no. creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably yes. the word I would yeah. use too. A, yeah. a bit creepy. So, yeah. um, you know, when I when I finish this recording, what I'll do is I'll put a link to um to your books in the notes. Yeah. yeah. So people who actually look at the episode, because I'm thinking once I I release it, a lot of people will hear it and thinking, oh, I want to, I want yeah. to read this book. So yeah. I put it in the notes and I link yeah. to them. Is yeah. it? Where do you? Where can you buy it? Is it uh, online or? Oh, online, yes, Amazon, yeah, yeah. In Amazon, okay, yeah. So yeah. I'll I'll put it I'll put it in Amazon as well, yeah. and then and then people yeah. can 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 look for it. Yeah. I think probably the the publishers called Hammond House probably still have some copies. Uh huh. Uh huh. Can I just make the opportunity take the opportunity here? You know, say yeah. that you know I do have this talk. I mean, this is where the books originated from. I started giving this in Lancashire when yes. a young farmers club asked me to give a talk about veterinary life. So uh -huh. again, because I'd just seen the cow up the tree then. So I called this talk Cows in Trees and Other Stories. Yes. Um, when I had my accident in 2012, Annika, yes. my wife, found the notes for this talk. And because I wasn't working, Annika said, yes. why don't you write it down as a manuscript and try and get it published? Uh -huh. So I did. And the first copy came out in 2016. And then so that's, that's, the one, that's when I sent to David and so on, yeah. So, yeah. so that's how how so, cows yeah. in trees and other stories yes. were born. Yes, yes right? yeah. yeah. I see. But can I just say I, that um, yeah. if, if anybody does want a talk about you know events, misadventures and mishaps, I'm more than yes. willing to give this talk. I, I have yes. given it to veterinary groups before, so... Yes. And, it really lifts my spirits to be able to do it. I can yes. absolutely, absolutely guarantee a lot of laughter. Yes. I've given this talk so many times over the years. I have. Yes. I know when funny lines are coming, and I have to take a, a deep breath and pause. Yeah. I know when, he, when I know a, a punchline is coming, so I don't laugh myself. <laughs> yeah. 
That that'd be that'd be fantastic. Um, I'd love I'll to see do that. what we can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what, what we can do about that as well. And you said, and sorry to get into uh, bad yeah. memories, that your first boss wasn't very good. Why no. wasn't it? That don't have to mention his name. You can just say why he wasn't. He was just a bully. He was really very critical. I could never do anything right. You know, my stitches were wrong. I was I was too slow. I was doing everything wrong, and uh, yeah. But never, never offered to help me if I was struggling. Yeah. Yes. Unlike David, who always offered to help, you know. He wasn't full of praise, this first one. No, not at all. No, no. David, I, I'm proud and pleased to say that my second boss, David Greenhalgh from Lancashire, to this day still praises the work that I did 30 years ago, which is really nice to know. So perhaps it shows that my five years at Liverpool University weren't completely wasted after all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I find that when, when I started and I, I tried to, to talk to other people that are younger than me uh, in the yeah. same way, that um, something that I, I found at the very beginning is that my, my first boss was either his way or wrong. Yes, exactly, and, yes. And people are different. They have different ways to reach the same goal. Yes. Uh, and they don't necessarily have to... Be, because the only other way would be to have a clone of yourself. Yeah. Um, and and I, I could never do anything right either. And I think it was because it was either his way or no way. Yeah. Uh, I think you had and, the same boss as me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> I, 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 I had that. And, and this is the one that said to me, oh, you're not very good with your hands. And thinking, well, and I said, well, I, I thought to me after, after the years, yet, because I think I can do, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a, a, a certificate holder in surgery, mm. um, but I I think I can do decent um, basic surgeries myself, yeah. and I can teach them too. So so yeah, so I think I think that the, the reason yeah. um, is you know teaching teaching is it's is in itself uh, a trade um, yeah. in in our profession. It should even be a discipline, I would guess. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, yeah. Some people, there is um in the in the teaching trade, there is there is something that people say that uh, if you are a teacher, you need to flex to your pupil. It's oh, not yeah. the pupil that the one who needs to flex. It's you who has to flex and and try to adapt of yeah. how your pupil learn rather than the other way around. Because the pupil had enough having to learn to on top of that having to get used to you. Mm. Have you got more uh, more books coming, or is that it? I've started a third book, but it's it's a bit of a struggle at the moment. Um, it's because of my my consultant neurosurgeon, you know, who saved my life after my accident. Yes. I mean, I've told it's called Jerry O'Reilly, and um, uh -huh. I've told Jerry that he is officially my hero for saving my life. Yes. And he just laughs at me and just credits all his other staff for doing all the hard work. So not as a, not only a brilliant brain surgeon, he's very modest as well. Yeah. But yeah. But he said that you know my my story, my recovery and convalescence yes. back to racing now is an inspiration to him personally. Yes. And to his other patients. And he said I ought to write it down as another book. Yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to write the story of how in the you know building up to the accident and how of what I've yes. done since. Yes. But, uh, I've, I've got. I've written the start. I've written, I know the, how the ending is because the ending is where yes. I am now. It's just the yes. bit in the middle that's a bit difficult. Yeah. 
I'm guessing um, your accent doesn't have to define you uh, because for everything that you told me uh, is nothing to do with your accent. Um, uh, But uh, the cycling, uh, I'm guessing, has changed quite a lot. Um, uh, And uh, you used to do cycling very, very frequently and then you have to do it less often now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I do it less often now, largely because of the that's the age factor. You know, I don't yeah. recover as quickly from these yeah. racing efforts now. I mean, when I started back in the eighties, I would, you know, race on a like a Wednesday evening, then again on a Saturday afternoon, and again a Sunday morning. Yeah. I mean, I, ju- I couldn't do that now. I, if I do, if I do t- uh, two races, say Tuesday and Thursday in the week, by the weekend yes. I've I've had it. I just can't race yeah. or even train then. And that's clearly well, the age factor, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, this this happens to to, to all of us, I yes. guess. Um, I bet you you get injured and can't do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, what are you what are you doing at the moment? What are you preparing for any uh, any race? No, no race. I've got no races till next year now. Uh huh. Because this season's finished. So. But I have yes. to, I've got to say it must be been one of my best years ever. So I won yes. this national title. So yeah. Wow, I mean, I, ne- I never expected to uh, win a national title in my beloved sport. Yes, and and certainly not at my age of uh, well, age of sixty-four. So no, I know that's hard to believe in, in my youthful appearance, but yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> if you have, if you if you have won a title, that title is yours, of course. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, um. So you you won a national title. Um, yeah. Is it like, is it is it every year this title? Yes. What what does it involve? It's a well, it's a time trial series of up to half a dozen events around the country, and and in in paracycling, um, you're given a you're given a category depending on your degree of disability, uh-huh. and, and I I won my first well I won the, my category in the first event in May, so that gave me the maximum amount of points, and then the next event was on the tenth of October which was actually in Leeds, very close to where I was born, as it happens. And um, I won that one. I won my category as well. So the oh, wow. points that I got for those toe events was enough yes. to give me the series. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. How far were them? Um, how many uh, miles or kilometres? were the first, the first one was only nine and a half miles on a hilly course. Yeah. And then the second one in Leeds was 12 and a half miles. So a little bit longer. Was um, the weather and everything else, was it terrible or was it quite no, good? In, in May, it was very good. Yeah. But the one in October, it was quite windy. That made it difficult. Yeah, yeah. Going up the hill, you had a headwind going into the hill, which is... I, I never like racing in the wind, no. I I, I don't think I can win anything now. I got my couple of bikes. I got a, um, a um, road bike uh-huh. and, a, and a mountain bike as well. Yes. Uh, but they, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing if I go down to the to the garage and look at them, they're gonna have a spider webs on them. Huh. This time around, and in order to make the podcast more entertaining, I have included a couple of extra questions to every guest of More Than Just a Vet podcast. For Julian, I will ask him the giraffe question, a test that some managers uh, ask new recruits in corporate business, not just uh, in veterinary. And the second is to do with dinner. How would you feed a giraffe in a fridge? 
fold it over eight times or something to make it smaller. Perfect. That's a brilliant answer. Nobody has given me that answer just yet. The other one, what are you having for tea tonight? <laughs> Probably Christmas leftovers again. <laughs> That's a really good thing because I, I will have to explain to everybody. This, uh, we, we recorded uh, during the Christmas period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, um, I, I, I must say, I must tell you, Julian, that for tonight, for, for dinner, I will be having Christmas leftover as well. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you are also, do you edit as well the vetsurgeon.org website, don't you? That's how I got to know you. Um, well, I'm a moderator there, but yes. A moderator, so, right. Yeah. Yes. But I don't have much to do, to be honest, yeah. If people are arguing too much, I just tell them to shut up, that's all. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I, I like the I'm, website, yes. Make, yes, makes I, me, I like it. makes it me feel I'm still... You know, I still got a use for my you know, degree and career earlier. Yes, well, of course. It took it took me a good after my accident. It took me a good two years to get used to the idea of not being a proper vet anymore. You know, well, not I getting not getting my hands dirty. Yeah, that's not getting your hands dirty is different to not being a proper vet. I still find that you are a proper vet, and I don't oh, think thank you. you'll be you'll be there forever, um, because you've done it. You've been there. And you know, and you will always have someone for all of us can learn from. So that's that's the way I feel, and that's how okay. I, how I, I I feel it should be. Kind of you to say so, yeah. No, 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 of course. Um, Julian, thank you for for taking part. Okay. You're welcome. And this is it for today. Did you enjoy this episode? If you have any comments or reviews about it. Don't forget to leave them in the website morethanjustabet.net forward slash contact. And once you're there, please support the show by pressing the donate button. You can do it for as little as one pound. Eucalyptus leaves are the most toxic diet of any animal in the world. Hasta la próxima.